Alright, so the acoustics are what the acoustics are. I'm in my hotel room here in Dallas, Texas for WrestleMania weekend. And just when I thought I was not going to do something after Supercard of Honor, I am doing something after Supercard of Honor. And something I did not realize until <clears throat> after the FTR Briscoes match. And we're going to get into a bunch of stuff and how we're going to actually break this down is when I get back home on Sunday, as I record this, I'm in Dallas, obviously, and I'm not going to be home till Sunday to upload everything. So this will be a part of part one. So essentially, part one will be this Supercar of Honor review and WrestleMania part one review, as I'm going to record that as well in Dallas. And then when I get off, because I am I think I get, I think I land in mountain time, <clears throat> like at nine in the morning. Sunday, so I'm gonna have plenty of time to upload everything, and uh, you guys will get it a Sunday along with the match of the month. But something I realized after the Briscoes FTR match was this is the first WrestleMania in three years that's gonna be really considered normal. Like I was, <clears throat> my first day. First of all, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about WrestleCon. We're, we're gonna talk about all this shit. It's just, it's just so much that I feel like I need to say, right? Especially since this is my first WrestleCon. And a lot of stuff that you would think that I would think uh, is common sense was not common sense to me, believe it or not. Um, That never happens to anybody. Uh, However, uh, it's just fascinating. All right, so where do we start? Where do we start? Hmm. Let's start with WrestleCon. So... Uh, I land on Thursday morning, or Thursday in the afternoon around 1, and I really don't know what to expect. Now, me being a comic book writer, and me being invited to comic cons all over the world, I should probably be used to, in the con, you should know what you're getting. But I've never been to one. But technically I have, I guess, when I was in Rome, Georgia, but I didn't know that, that was called like a WrestleFest, I think that was the name of the name, WrestleFest. Excuse me. And um, I remember vividly, um, like, not knowing the gimmick of it. And that kind of blew my load fast, (laughs) as as, uh, the kids say. And I remember I met a bunch of people. I met Ron Simmons, Bobby Eaton, Sabu. And I remember I really wanted to meet Tommy Dreamer. And I look over at Dreamer. This is a recurring theme in my life, as you guys we hear these stories, and he had no one in his line. So I decided to go get Sabu because I figured he would be the one that gets picked. No, I'm busy because no one was in his line either. So I meet Sabu, take a picture. I turn my head. This took all of maybe a minute. I turn my head to the left, and holy crap on a cracker, Batman. Tommy Dreamer's line is off the freaking charts. <clears throat> I was like, all right, cool. And I had no more money. I didn't realize you had to pay for the autograph. I thought you were paying to get in and the autograph. Like, I didn't know at the time. I was, my, it was my first fest, air quotes, no air quotes. You can't see me doing air quotes. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I didn't know. I was like, all right, that's all right, cool. You know, this time I drove like an hour and a half to get there and I really didn't want to stay because I had no money. And I'm just one of those people where if I'm broke, I go home, <laughs> you know, or I stay home. 
you know, that's just how I am. It's just who I am. And just, and it's also because I've worked so many uh, tipping positions that like, um, I, I just hate people who just sit there knowing they're not gonna pay. <laughs> you know. Um, but anyways. <clears throat> Like, let me get back to the acoustics really fast. I'm in a hotel room. You guys may or may not hear the air conditioner. I start recording all of like 10 seconds now, as I was sitting down on the counter. And I was like, I think that's going to be too loud and too distracting. So I kind of moved over. And I don't really want to cut because the air conditioner is not loud. But I don't want to cut it off because it'll get super hot in here. <clears throat> so I just much rather not suffer and whatever. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Um, but no, so I land, I won, I don't really know what to do. Now, what I did this year was, when I, once I made the decision to come to WrestleCon, WrestleFest, WrestleCon, I just kind of did things on their website. Like, I said, hey, book a room. I was like, sure, I'll book a room. It was, it was affordable. I mean, I, I do pretty well, but it's, it's just like, yo, like, this is, like, really cheaper than just, like, I was looking at hotels, like, by the airport where I normally, like, I would normally stay. But this, this hotel is actually cheaper, but it's a fancier hotel. So I was like, they probably have a bunch of deals going on because you're booking with the con. And then I was going through their website. <clears throat> I saw you, you, you could be a super fan, which means you're invited invite to all four sessions. And the, Now, once again, I'm just having to navigate all this stuff as I'm going through Because I don't know what any of this fucking shit means. So I do all this stuff. I do the super fan. And I kind of look through the guests the last couple weeks. But all right. And they was adding guests every day. And the one person I was hoping would come did not come. I have not seen him yet. There's still one day left. Doubt he's going to be here, though. The only reason I thought he was going to come is because his wife was here, which is Mia Yim. So I've seen a bunch of couples coming. Anna J and Jungle Boy were here, are here. Um, the Jarrett's are here. Um, who else? No, there's several couples that are here. Rob Van Dam and his wife is here, or I don't know if they're married or not, but the Torque Queen, they're together. Yeah, they're in an open relationship. They're here. Um, someone else I'm, I'm not thinking about is here, too. <clears throat> I can't think of what some. Anyways, so I was like, oh, that's important person. But there's so many people here. So, all right, let me write down a list of people who I want to meet, right? Now I know the game. Now I know you have to pay for the autograph, picture, or whatever you want, right? I was like, all right, cool. Well, then I'm looking. It says this person's only for session one, session two, session three. So. I'm assuming how it works is they contact a talent, says, hey, um, we want you here for the con. They say, all right, well, I think I can do session one. I can't commit to anything else right now. Then as the weekend goes on, they they say what they can uh, do and what they can't do. So Lan get here, and there were some people who were on my target list, and Mickey James was one of them. And... Mickey Jan, I, my this is how na- naive I am, right? Because I forget. And once again, you have to remind. I have to remind you, I'm usually around comic book fans at these things. Up until this experience, it was 100% of the time around comic book fans. Totally different thing. With comic book fans, if they usually have their favorite artists sign like 25 different things, and in my experience. My experience, that's key. Most of the time, they're not trying to sell it on eBay. They have these cheap comic books. Very rarely do they have greatest stuff they want signed, but they'll get Chris, Chris Claremont to sign a bunch of stuff. So when they see him again, I might get a picture this time, but they're not getting anything signed. Wrestling fans, 
I see are quite different here at WrestleCon. Like, I'm used to the wrestling fans at Comic-Cons where they'll have, like, 85 different things to sign, and it's just like, well, just we got paid, right? You know, that's the kind of wrestling fans I'm used to. It's a different kind of thing, right? I think the only, the only, I think the only thing that's different, only con I went to that was different was maybe C2E2. But even then, like, it's just those wrestling fans go there, but it's like they're just, they're more comic book fans, you know? And the people who go there to meet certain wrestlers, it's because they're like, all right, cool. I want to get all this stuff signed. They're usually scalpers. I don't know if I'm making any sense here. I'm trying my best to explain it, but that's just my thing. I forget this other wrestling fans here who are hardcore wrestling fans like myself. So me naively thinking like, eh, I'll just go Mickey James. Her line will be easy. Shit, one of the longest fucking lines. So I walk past like six or seven times. It's getting longer and longer. So I finally just wait in the line. Get three people away. And she has to go to a GCW event. So I haven't tried to go back since because her line's just ridiculous. Lita and Trish were right next to each other. Their lines, even before they get to the con or in, in, into the area, is packed. And lines are long. Tell you a quick story about that. <laughs> Speaking of C2E2. I had a chance to just walk up and get a bunch of stuff signed from Trish, from Lita, from Sting, from Jerry Lawler. Now, since then, I've made I've gotten a, a signature from Jerry Lawler. However, let me tell you what happened. So I'm in line against CM Punk. It's a C2E2 2020. I'm in line. I meet CM Punk. You know, go on, graph. I walk past their booth. No one is there. And like they're just Trish and Lee are just talking to each other, and they kind of and Trish kind of like looks over, and we kind of like we we kind of like look at each other, and, and I think she's like, oh, should I put should I put on the happy face? A fans coming over, and I was like, nah, come back, you know. Same thing with Sting. Sting is just talking to Jerry Lawler. No one is at these guys' tables, right? Once again, it's just a different vibe at these at the comic cons. Not everyone's there for wrestling. The people who are there for wrestling, they go, they do their shit, and they go. You know, like they don't stick around because it's not a wrestle con, pun intended, right? So I just got super busy. And I was only in Chicago for that one day. I was like, fuck. You know, but I realized by time, I've realized by maybe like time I got my Uber, because I was staying at the airport. This is before I started renting cars. I didn't start renting cars till last year, because um, I was told I couldn't rent cars. I Long story there, I'll spare you guys. Well, I started renting cars last year, but I was taking Ubers. By the time I got my Uber, I was going to go back, but the Uber to get back to, because I stayed by the airport all the time, that was like 50 bucks. Now I'm going to spend another 100 bucks. I was like, I don't even have the time. Or energy, you know. This is before COVID got bad. You know, technically we were in COVID. Uh, no one knew how serious it was, though. So I had a chance to meet them already, and that was blown. So I already seen their lines, and I was like, they're they're not, they're a no go, right? Adam Cole's line the first day, but he because he didn't get in, he didn't get in on Thursday until like seven, and that's when he he came right in to do a pro, uh, photo uh, pro photo op with Britt Baker. But his line was packed. I was like, what the fuck? The first person I got autograph from was Jungle Boy. No one was in his line. I remember I thought he would be one of the busiest ones. But like him, I, I was the only person. 
walked up, boom, boom. And he's had people every now and then, but I thought he would be a little more popular, right? But I, once again, me not being in this environment ever, this is my first time being in this environment while around other hardcore collectors. Some may be scalpers, but I'm telling you right now, I would dare say, this is my naive uh, guess and attempt, uh, attempt here. I would say 85 to 90% of these people are real collectors who have no interest in scalping. They just want this shit for themselves. Because I was looking at some stuff and like, these are like, like these are figures, one, I've never seen. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that existed. And two, it's stuff I have seen. And I'm like, but I didn't think it was a good figure. Like, this is Four Horsemen set that I think the Jax Pacific put it out. It wasn't, it wasn't Mattel. Are they signed with Mattel now? Sorry, guys. Give me one second. Let me look and see. Yes, Mattel. It was. It's not Mattel. So it had to be Jack Specific. But it was like these. It was these these, these ugly ass fucking figures, dude. Um, but it was a Four Horsemen collection, and it was Arn Tully, Flair, and I think Barry Windham. And you have JJ Dillon here to this weekend. JJ Tully. On Flair. No Barry Windham. And you have Luger too. But anyways, I remember seeing that all the time in stores. All the time. Never got it because those figures were fucking ugly. The, the, the characters in, in there are tight. The figures are ugly. Like, you only buy that set if you're a collector. And I know that because I'm a collector. Like, I, I guarantee if we get figure four on here. And, and by the way, for those of you guys that have been asking. Figure four, uh, congratulations to him. His, his uh, significant late, his significant other is pregnant. That's why he never came on. Um, just trying to balance all that stuff out. So maybe once things calm down from after the baby hits, we'll, we'll have him back on. Um, but I, I keep forgetting to tell you guys that. But figure four will tell you that. A lot of times he sets you by, even if they're ugly. Like, example, I think wave nine of uh, of the uh, AEW series, the previews we, we've seen, ugly as fuck. The worst series yet, as far as the look wise, but I got it because one, I'm never gonna get another Rick, uh, not Rick, Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston, and Eddie Kingston looks really bad in that, the, 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 all that stuff, and they, and then pre-order for Unrivaled Four just went up, and they don't look good either. You know, the only one I would get in there is probably Jay Cargill or fucking CM Punk, but I'm debating on that right now. Anyways, the point is, like. I'm just not used to seeing this many collectors, like real collectors in one area, right? And so that's why I thought Jungle Boy would be a hands down. Cause I know I know people who like figure four photos who fucking buys one mint. Like they'll get two waves of the same wave. One is mint in box for reasons, <laughs> and one is to open. And so I'm sitting there, okay, cool. And I see a few people there. Anyway, so I'm like, all right, well, Adam Cole's not gonna be possible to get. <laughs> you know, I'm like, all right, fuck it. Um, and I'm just going around, but I got Jungle Boy first. I can't remember who I got second. I don't remember who I got second. All my stuff is, I, I literally just packed everything up, even though I'm not leaving until Sunday. Um, I ended up, I, I brought like seven, I don't know how many figures I brought. I ended up buying three more. Like example, <clears throat> Lance Archer wasn't promoted to be here. He just was there in the back room and he was literally just on his phone. And so I was like, I didn't, I didn't want Lance Archer's autograph. I was like... So I went and looked, and there's some vendors that's selling figures or whatever. Some reasonable price, some not. And it was a Lance Archer figure. It was 20 fucking bucks. So I was like, I have one at home. It's a mint 10 box. I was like, oh, fuck it. <clears throat> He's here. 
his his autograph price isn't gonna be that much. It was like twenty bucks. I was like, well, right, fuck, fuck it. I'll just get his autograph since it's easy. You know, I feel like it's kind of one of those things where <clears throat> if you bunt, you know this catcher's too slow, to, so you can at least get someone on first base, right? That's what I did. For anybody who knows baseball, <laughs> I got a fucking baseball expert. Anyways, so I got Jungle Boys. I got I can't remember who I got next, but I got but I forgot. Also, there's so many legends here, dude. You have Tatanka. You have uh, uh, Godfather, friend of the show, who is uh, dressed up as Papa Shango in the morning, Godfather at night. You have D'Lo. You have the um, you have the Cardonas. You have Brian Myers. You have Swaggle. You have Sergeant Fucking Slaughter. Uh, you have most of the Four Horsemen. You have Brooke Hogan. You have Ron Simmons. You have the Steiner Brothers. Like you have so many legends here that these people now, especially after Scott Hall passed, you know, I think more people came this year with the holy fuck. I better get my legend to sign this shit before something happens, you know. And that's morbid and pretty sick, but that's how collectors think, unfortunately. Um, I, I think I don't. I don't necessarily think that way. As far as death goes, I think of I'm not gonna see them again, <laughs> you know. And also, you gotta remember this: every signing I've ever been to has been WWE wrestling wise, has been except for one. And that was a Jericho signing. Me and Jonathan Nestor went to that one together. But everything else has been WWE uh, centric, and WWE signings are fucking boring. They're like the opposite of fun. It's like it's like when I used to work with this guy in the strip club, and like he's a manager, and he said we are not here to have fun. And I remember I looked around and I said. Bro, I was like, Playboy, like you're in a strip club. Who is not here to have fun? He was like, I'm not. I said, that's fucking clear. Like it was just fucking weird. Anyways, so I was not used to seeing so many people happy. Like I'm used to being in lines where people are like, damn, then I sign personal items. Fuck, man, this sucks. And, like you see people just getting an autograph. It's like, thanks, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm used to, right? And so I just think it's funny. Um, so I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, so many people are. I, it was so much on Thursday. I was like, I literally like was like, am I? Where the fuck am I? I thought it was all weird, and and you guys are gonna laugh, but I'm not being funny. I genuinely was just like, yo, like, so many people are fucking happy right now, like truly happy to be here and having fun. And also when I walk into the hotel crazy stories first person i see fucking brutus the barber beefcake and jake the roberts and these guys are just walking around it's like and i remember it brings me back to um i remember when jericho was doing his first cruise and jericho was promoting and on talk is jericho and he he made the comment of yeah the first night you're kind of overwhelmed as a fan the second night third night you realize oh wow these guys are just people too so it goes from hey i'm fanboying out fanboying out to what's up kev what's up chris and everyone's just then having normal conversations and being treated like normal people. Like that's how like you could tell like the vets of WrestleCon that have come here. Like I've like I haven't met anyone here. And I'm sure the areas I just haven't met them yet. Um never know I'm lying. This guy, we keep running into each other, and it turns out we actually are staying on the same floor, which is fucking hilarious. Um But I think it was me and his first WrestleCon. 
And everyone, everyone else I've run into literally like, no, I've been here like six, seven times. Like, oh, okay. So so that's why you you can see, and you see it when Big Show, Big Show looks around or Jake Roberts look, look around and Kurt Angle looks around. They recognize, they, they don't recognize him at first because he meets so many people. But then they're like, oh, fuck, you're right. How you doing? You you have the car company and blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, wow, you're not faking. Like, you know this motherfucker. And it's just like that's crazy to me, right? It just it just was so much, and that's this is the only way I know how to even explain it. You know, it's just like I was like, holy shit, he's like, this is like really this like you you come here, if you don't have a good time, you probably need to pull the stick out your butt. You know what I'm saying? So, anyways, I go around and get some autographs, and I was trying to knock out a lot of easy people, but then I seen different things because like on, on the website said, oh, this person like example on the website says Tony Storm was only going to be here for session two, which was in Friday morning, and, and session two was only for the super fans, which it was. I, I can I don't know why the air goes there, but it it, it definitely was. It, like it was a lot calmer, you know, it, because super fans were the only ones allowed up there, so it's a lot lot a lot less people. Anyways, um, so I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll get an autograph from Tony Storm. You know, I wasn't really looking. She was the only one I was looking forward to, but I said, she's fucking here. Her line was too big, so I left. Came back maybe like an hour later, just walking around, looking around. She's by herself. I'm like, holy crap. I think her boyfriend was there. I forgot what her boyfriend's name is. Her boyfriend works for, is it NXT UK or something like that? I know she has a boyfriend, though. Anyways, you guys know what he is. She's there by herself, and she's like, "Hey, you want an autograph?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." And and like the wrestlers are so talkative. I'm like, "Yo, like, wherever hoping you're on, pass that shit over here. I'm down." <laughs> you know, the wrestlers are so talkative. It's not just the like I'm used to the legends being talkative. Like when I met Honky Tonk Man last year, he was fucking talkative, right? But like these other wrestlers, these these modern day wrestlers are talkative. Like I said, hey, it was good. I'm glad, happy for you. I said to Tony, he's like, hey, I'm happy for your success in AEW. You know, getting. She's like, yeah, that was fun. I said, it looked like fun. She's like, let me tell you the best part about it. And she starts talking. I was like, oh, oh, all right. I'm just gonna listen here. Cool, you know. And then I'll tell you, this is the saddest part about it. I'm only gonna tell you guys, so it's probably won't go so far. Might go, might go too far. <laughs> These women are so used to having men put their arms around them and stuff, which some women seem to not mind, right? Or they just don't want to get the bad publicity, right? I'm assuming it's the latter. Uh, <laughs> um, they're like, I, I, like Tony put her arm around me, and she was like, and she like, before we took the pictures, she, pictures she's like, you good? I was like, yeah, yeah. She said, well, I was, I was like, oh, I've, I've, I'm the, I have the Keanu Reeves hands off rule. She's like, really. She's like, hold on a second. So she tells her boyfriend, hold on a second. We get to talking about that. And she's like, she's like, why is that? I said, honestly, I've seen pictures. And it's nothing I've ever done or or, or whatever. So I, I thank God for that. But I was like, to be put this perfectly honest, it's just fucking uncomfortable, uncomfortable for me to see. And I'm a guy. And I'm not a woman's advocate by any stretch of the imagination. But sweet Jesus off the cross, it just looks fucking weird. I don't want any part of it. I don't want you to ever leave being like, man. He got an autograph, a picture, and a feel. Good for him. You, you, you get what I'm saying? And for those of you who don't know, Keanu Reeves, if you ever look at pictures with him, you'll see he has hands off. He doesn't put his hands around anyone's waist, women, especially women. No hands around their waist. No, he just has his hands open in the pictures, usually. Look at it. 
I don't know why he started that. I'm assuming he started that for because something happened. But I, I just know I, I I just remember hearing his name. I remember him saying that's what I do. But I don't remember the story. I'm sure I've heard the story. I don't remember it though. So like her Thunder Rosa, um, very hands on, um, in respectful ways. But like you can tell, like they're like waiting for you to, to wrap your arm around. I just don't do that. To, I don't do it to women I know in my real life. You know, my personal life. I just, you know, it's just, you know, whatever to bleep. Anyways, so it was so overwhelming on Thursday. So I kind of knew what to expect today. Um, but today, today had to be hard choices had to be made. Because um, if, if you want so many different people's autographs, you got to make just business decisions sometimes. I was actually pretty lucky on how it worked out. So I made a decision to say, fuck it. I'm going to, you know get Bray's autograph first, right? That's the priority I pre-ordered and everything. Oh, by the way, Thursday night, I met the Briscoes. Fucking awesome. We got talking. Find, found out we used to live like 10 minutes away from each other in, in Maryland. And we're like naming cross streets and shit. He was like, at first, he, at first I don't think Jay believed me. Like, nah, I used to live in this neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. Gained the nickname in the neighborhood because no one actually calls it by its real name. He was like, no, nah, you didn't used to live down there. That place was this. That place was terrible. I was like, yeah, I know. Look at me. Yay. <laughs> you know, we and we got to talking, and I, I got to tell Jonathan I said about that story. That story was crazy. Um, but that was fucking cool. I didn't know they were from Delaware. I've never, I've never actually paid attention to their entrances. I'm usually too busy watching their matches. Anyways, wrapping this up. Saturday, I started with Bray. And I just so happened to, like, be next to, bike behind this guy. I looked down. He kind of looked like me as far as, like, his mice, I could tell he was thinking. Like he has, he has, he has Bray Wyatt action figure in his hands, like looking around, scoping. I said, "Oh, he's looking who's gonna, who he's gonna go to next." I said, "I could probably see if he can let me just hold my spot, right? And I'll hold his spot if he wants to go." I said, "Yo, bro, you know, you mind holding my spot? Uh, if, and if you need to go, I got you. Because I want to see, I want to see Anna J. And I, I, I was for sure she was gonna be packed. Sure enough, I go to find Anna J. I find her, and she had like three people in line. I said, all right, cool. Now, once again, I'm not surprised at this part because this was session two. Got her autograph really quick. Got like, I think I got uh, Godfather's autograph. I have his autograph, but it was on an 8 by 10 I actually had an action figure um, I bought later on that I found it was cool. It was a Godfather action figure that I finally had him sign that. Um, anyways, um, So we go back with him and I are talking it up, whatever. Turns out this dude's a real collector. This dude's going to get, I don't know where he's getting. He paid 250 bucks for some autograph session from the Undertaker on a Sunday. Uh, I don't know where this is. Oh, it's at the fan access thing, I guess, or the superstore, whatever it's called. Um, anyways, the point of it is you, you have to make some business decisions. I got really lucky because I got picky. And I was like, well, if I make it, I make it. And also, I got tired of getting eight by tens. Like when I met, I had no toy Ruby Soho, Soho, so I had to get like an eight by ten of her. Uh, I got eight by ten of Jonathan Gresham because there's I just there's no toy there's no toys I like of these people. So I have like seven eight by tens of Swerve of all these other people. So I was just find like, man, I was I was gonna go from getting Kringles autograph to not. I said fuck it. Then I realized that High Spots has a toy store downstairs. And I was like, holy crap, on a cracker. I'm looking around. And I see a Kringle action. It's a terrible Kringle, Kringle action figure. It's from uh, Jack Specific. It's a slammer. 
I remember those figures quite well. But the only current figures I have are they're definitely out of the box and they're in Atlanta. Quick side story about that. I once I knew I was gonna meet Bret Hart for sure. I had my sister actually overnight me that past on uh, Monday, overnight me my Bret Hart action figure, uh, so she so he could sign that, which he did. So that was cool, but I I, I have so many figures. Like that's why I don't buy wrestling figures anymore unless I know I don't have somebody, just because I don't know who I have. I have so many. Literally, my sister was like, "It's, it's only two boxes. Two boxes. That doesn't sound right." So when I called again, and my mom was like, she walked in the room. She's like, "What are you doing?" Talking to my sister. And she was like, Ryan's looking for a specific action figure. And she kept telling me, sir, I knew certain figures I had, like from just back in the G, right? Back in the game. And she was like, my mom said, oh, no, sweetheart, he has seven boxes of action figures that I put up. Because they were all in just two boxes. She took them and consolidated them and just, because I'm about to move. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm not going to make you look through all that shit for these figures. So I was like, fuck it. So anyways, I look at Kurt Angle's line. Just this morning, Friday morning, and it was like three people in it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go buy that fuck. I'm going to see how much that slammer is. And if it's not expensive, fuck it. Well, not only was it cheap and affordable, which I was surprised, but it was, it was, it was 25 bucks. I was a, because I was a super fan doing air quotes again, it gave me like a $5 discount, so it's 20 bucks. I was like, fuck it. I'll just go. I'll go get the autograph. Like, now I'll regret if I don't get it. Now I have no reason to not get it. Because even though it's not on a figure I want, that's never actually stopped me before. I just, as long as I have it, right? Um, but it was either that or this impact figure. I can't. I'm not, I wasn't buying an impact figure for Kurt Angle. Like, I, I get that Kurt Angle spent most of his career in impact and looked that up. That's a fact. Um, but I just couldn't do it to myself. Anyways. Um, it just the whole thing is just a, a, a really different experience, so I'm, I'm happy I, I decided to come to WrestleCon. It's just it was very like I won't do it again, <laughs> only because it's so much. <laughs> it's so 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 much. Like not even to my money. I'm talking just and to take to take it all in. But I think because this is the first WrestleMania weekend where I've done nothing WWE promoted, this is the feeling you're supposed to have WrestleMania weekend. I remember. Like every other WrestleMania week I've ever done, everything else has been it's been WWE centric. Whether it's WWE Access, WrestleMania, uh, NXT, everything was WWE focused. To where like, and also I I wasn't renting cars at the time, so I can never go see ROA shows, never do meet and greets and shit like that. So it was like one of those situations where, um, yeah, it's just one of those situations where. What else could I do? You know, I just, I was victim to what I knew, you know. And getting this, to me, this is what I think WrestleMania weekend should be for a wrestling fan. If you're a WWE fan, by all means, go, you'll, you'll still enjoy the experience, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? It's just what your thing is. I'm a pro wrestling fan. Like, I don't like just focusing on one company. Does that make sense what I'm saying? That's why I still stuck with Impact. That's why I start that's why I watch ROH, you know, New Japan and shit like that. Because of the fact that it was just kinda like, yo, like, um This is just where it's supposed it's supposed to be intoxicating. You're supposed to be seeing other talent that you wouldn't normally see. You know, I wouldn't normally see Kelly Kelly just walking around with Carlito and Chris fucking Masters. You know what I'm saying? You usually seen all this the WWE talent that you really can't talk to. You know what I'm saying? They kind of just 
have to be in that bubble. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I've gone long on long enough about about that experience. It's, it's just been a cool experience. Let's get to Supercard of Honor. The first ever Supercard of Honor. My first ROH show in. I think my last official ROH show was the last one that H.S. Styles was in the night before he debuted uh, in WWE. And I've told the story about that. I'll tell it quickly again. It was Thursday of that week. It was a Saturday ROH event. I, I of course, I get late notice that um, AJ Styles is going to be there. I'm like, holy fuck. And by the time the rumor mill was lighting up, Everyone knew AJ Styles at some point in time was going to WWE. It was it was just, it was rumored for the Rumble, and I say, you know what? This is gonna be my last chance to actually get to meet him. It turns out this was a good decision I made because he just resigned with the company, so we're not gonna see him on the Indies for at least four years. Even then, I doubt that's gonna happen. Anyways, um, so this is my first RA show in a very long time, very very long time. Anyway, so first of all, they had a full hour of just four matches. Dalton Castle, these are uh, uh, pre-show matches. Uh, Dalton Castle was on it. Um, Colt Cabana was on it. It was fun. Um, I will say this. The crowd was cool. This this is why I also don't do events. <laughs> I can't deal with the random chants, right? That when the crowd tries to make it about themselves. Um, that's why I watch TV on mute. Wrestling on mute, excuse me. And so anyways, th- it was cool until the very end. But um, the, the cards, I, mind you, I didn't take notes. I wasn't even planning on doing this, but I feel we have a match of the year candidate already because I don't know what the fuck is going to top that this weekend. But anyways, the show starts off with Swerve Scott getting the win. And then after that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go out of order. After that, you have, uh, I kind of figured this would be a night of sweeps, if that makes any sense. And um, you have, uh, what's her name? Fuck, I'm not, it's not Rhea Ripley. I don't know why Rhea Ripley's on my brain. Mercedes Martinez makes her uh, her comeback to ROH and gets the interim women's championship over Willow. I This is obviously, in my opinion, her holding this title until Deanna Perrazzo can come and, be, and unify the belts. The reason why it's an interim championship is because Deanna Perrazzo is a champ champ, but she this weekend is, uh, first of all, she's going to WrestleCon. Second of all, she's uh, has an open challenge for the multiverse of matches, which I have not, uh, which I, I think is Saturday night, actually, is going to happen, or Saturday during the day. But, I haven't, yeah, it's, either way, um, that's when that, 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 that match is going to happen. You had the Pure, t- uh, pure Championship change hands to Yuta Wheeler, which I kind of saw. I think we also seen that coming. Telly Blanchard, we found the reason why tell, uh, uh, FTR fired him. He's going to be managing fucking ROH, which allowed Brian Cage to come back, and he's going to be managed by Telly Blanchard, and Brian Cage looks good. Brian Cage, also uh, Telly Blanchard Enterprises at a tag team, and matter of fact, let me, I've seen them before. Um, I, I'm not familiar with their name. I forget. I forget it. That's, that's why I want to look it up. But um, let me see. Let's see. And I know what you guys want me to talk about. 
Trust me, I know. But I really want to give background on this stuff first. And I'm trying to think about... um, Because these guys, I think, are going to be the next tag team champions. I I truly do believe that. I really just want to get their names. Yeah, Gates of Agony. That's their names. Two big guys that... Very athletic. They destroyed Cheeseburger and his coach and his tag team partner. It was just ridiculous. Um, I thought they were they were dead at some points. Um, but Tilly, that's why they got fired. It looks like Tilly Blanchard's gonna be on the ROH brand for a little bit. So that's that's pretty freaking cool. And Missouri, uh, I don't know why he's saying Missouri. Minoru Suzuki has his first American Championship ever. He is the new TV champion. I got the chance to meet him. I completely forgot his, how badly fused his neck is how he can't move his neck he has to turn his whole body to you and i was like i completely forgot about that how can i forget i don't know but i did forget um but he wins a tv title his first american championship this dude is making the best out of out of his uh united states run because i have a feeling when it's over it's over i don't think he's gonna be back in the states ever again um but i took advantage of the shit to go meet his ass to tell you that sign a shirt of mine um, so that was pretty cool. Um, we're gonna get to the main event because we know why we're here to talk about this. We know what match we're talking about. But at the end, with Jay Lethal turning heel, which you kind of saw coming after Dynamite, where he tried to shake Moxley's hand, Moxley knocked it away. He had a competitive match. And if you look at it, I think he was like ten and one or, or ten and two. But he's lost to Sammy Guevara, lost to Moxley, lost to Adam Cole, and you see Jay Lethal just kind of thinking about thinking about it, and he finally shakes John Moxley's hand. Well, Lee Mariotti's giving him all sorts of problems. He's just super annoying. The rest finally gets distracted. Then he, Jay Lethal hits a low blow, turning heel in the process, beating up Matt Seidel, beating Lee Mariotti, and then uh, Sanjay Dutt comes down to like pull him away, which is going to be important for this, this next part. Well, you have Bandito talking to uh, wrestling Jonathan Gresham to unite the ROH Heavyweight Championship. This match was going to happen in December. For those of you who don't know, Bandito popped for COVID, which is why Jay Lethal was in the main event of Final Battle and not Bandito. Well, Bandito never lost. And so, by the end of the day, he was going to lose. So, this was just a match to officially have him drop the title. Um, it, it, this match took a while to pick up. And if I was at home, I would have enjoyed this match more. But let me tell you what happened. This dumb fuck. So he knew what to say to get attention. The thing you probably never do, and especially in Dallas, when you have a good part of the crowd, Mexico, Mexicans, Latinos, he yells out, unmask him. Well, it gets a part of the front row group all riled up. There's a guy next to me who was already yelling the entire fucking show. You could tell it was to the point where once we got to the main event, he could tell he was losing, he was losing his voice. That's why she was yelling the entire time, right? Which is fine. Enjoy your show. That got him hot, right? And this dude knew what he was doing. He knew he that everyone's gonna feed into him. He's literally standing up, giving a bow, and like now you have people saying, now you have his crew saying fuck that section. Then you have the, the section saying fuck that guy. You know, like just he he knew what to say. Um, this I'm, this match I would have enjoyed better at home, but in in person, the slow build I it just didn't do it for me. 
It ends with uh, Jonathan Gresham getting the win and unifying the titles. He is the undisputed ROH heavyweight champion of the world. All of a sudden, Jay Lethal comes out, getting booed. He tells, he tells people, like, hey, you know what I've done for your career? And they used to be tag team, you know, for those of you who don't know. And so, all of a sudden, uh, Jay Lethal beats, starts beating him up or whatever, or they start tangling out. Sanjay Dutt comes back, nails Jonathan Gresham, and starts stomping him out. Then all of a sudden, Lee Moriarty comes out to try to make the save. He gets laid out. And then the last surprise that Tony Khan... And Tony Khan came out before the show and said, Hey, you better not leave. If you leave, it will be the worst regret of your life. That's what he said. Strong words, but I got his point. Um, all of a sudden, you have Samoa Joe returning to ROH in his... Stri- I thought he was going to be... I thought he was going to take out... Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt, and then lay out Jonathan Gresham, but he did not do that. Um, but goodness, I think it's my first. Is it my first time seeing some old Joe live? I don't know. I think so though. Either way, um, pretty cool stuff. Um, and then it's announced on Twitter: Samoa Joe is all elite. So that's fucking awesome there. Um, congratulations, so it's congratulations to Samoa Joe. Anyways, um, the match, which, which it's the biggest reason why I came down here outside WrestleCon, was the Briscoes versus FTR, first time ever. FTR left WWE. They gave up thousands of dollars in trademarks. They wanted to wrestle. They wanted to prove they were the best tag team, or if not one of the best tag teams of all time, they bet on themselves, speaking of that, and it's paid off. Since they've left, first of all, let's, let's, let's just run down what they've done. NXT Tag Team Champions. WWE Raw Tag Team Champions. AEW Tag Team Champions. AAA Tag Team Champions. And now the ROH World Tag Team Champions. They dethroned the team that just last night won the GCW Tag Team Championships. Um, this was a match to your candidate. They, I took videos. I, I remember I read an article um, four years old when I was in school. I'm still in school until June. I'm graduating. Yay. Um, but this is a couple years ago now. I read this article about how when you are um, at an event and you're taking pictures and videos, it takes you out of the event. You're not being in the moment. And I remember I read that and I thought about it. And I remember the point of me reading it was to say, uh, give my opinion of that person was right or not or overthinking it. I felt it was overthinking it because here's my thing. I think you can take yourself out of the moment. However, I think you can, if you're being conscious to something, be in the moment and wanting to keep that moment. Follow me for a second. I very rarely take photos or videos. If I do, I'm sending them to other people just so they could try to experience it too, right? And this was one of those nights. I remember just taking a couple of videos. Because I, I literally paid $25 for the seat I had. I was really close to the fucking ring. So I was like, oh, this will be cool. It will be a good picture. You know, it won't be grainy or anything. And so as this match is going on, there's just parts of it I took videos of were the crowd like it was this 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 match before it even started once the briscoes came out once ftr came out on the side that i was on 
literally because I'm right next to the, the the end of the stage. So like you're right, you're, you're seeing where the wrestlers come out. Everything. Jungle Boy, Swerve Scott, and Matt Seidel came out to watch the match. It, it this match just had that kind of feel. Bray Wyatt had put out a a tweet or something on Instagram to say that said, "Hey, I just landed in Dallas. There's so much energy here. The place feels alive." I agree 100%. And that goes back to my first thought of this podcast. I didn't even think about this is the first WrestleMania weekend in three fucking years. 2020, no fans. It's in a warehouse. You see Drew McIntyre having his WrestleMania moment in a fucking warehouse. You see Otis and Mandy kissing in a fucking warehouse. Mind you, I was at the Royal Rumble 2020. Just two months prior, where Otis is, Manny's almost eliminated. You feel like, what the fuck? She didn't land her. Then you see the camera pan down as Otis. The place is going fucking crazy. 2021, they couldn't have that many fans. As a matter of fact, if you believe the rumors, Vince didn't even want any fans because he didn't want to have to deal with the fines if the fines were going to come his way. I don't fucking blame him. I worked away with a company where we got hit with a $50,000 fine. And that, and that owner said, fuck this. And he just let us get shut down. True story. So I feel him. But this is the first WrestleMania weekend in three years. It's just it's the, energy, the energy down here is it's just different. It's special. Like, I've been to a lot of WrestleMania weekends. I'm telling you. And like I said, this is the first time I've actually been able to do anything I wanted to do. That's just never, and this is not knocked towards WWE. It's just one of those things where this even feels different. I went to Rock Cena 1 and Rock Cena 2. I thought I could never beat the high of Rock Cena 1. This beats it. This is, I miss you energy. This is just different. It just is. It's the best way I can describe it. These two teams had everyone on their feet for the majority of their time. They had the most time in in, in in the night. They they had to. There's no way. There's no way. No other match was topping this match. It just wasn't. Period. Bottom line. These two teams had built up. Like I'm turning out. FTR. They bowed themselves, and it's truly paid the fuck off. FTR is your new. And then the thing. I, and this one again. Not to, not being out of the moment. Being in the moment. Being present and wanting to save that moment. You kind of see. The Briscoes just hanging around in the ring. And then you see FTR look at each other. I immediately have my phone in my hand. Hit the record button. And when you guys watch this, you'll see. All you see is them lay the ROH tag team titles down. And by the way, the Briscoes have brought out their classic ROH tag team championships. That told you something. FTR lay down the ROH tag team championships. And then they just do the bow. Didn't see that coming at all. These guys, bla- these guys were busted open. These guys went through hell, and then to see them give that, give that respect, holy crap on a cracker! And then the young bucks came out and ruined everything. <laughs> that was that was fun. I don't care if you don't like the bucks; they came out and completely ruined the moment, you know. But then, ah, uh, this we're getting a AAA championship uh, tag team match on Wednesday night: the Bucks, FTR, two. That's fucking hilarious, but that, it, it was it was quite the fucking moment, and that's a match of your candidate. And I'm, and now I went from believe this or not, I know what I've said about WrestleMania. I, st- I still maintain that one of the worst builds ever. However, and now it's official. 
I know you guys won't hear this until Sunday, but now as I record this, it's just become official. The KO show will main event night one. So the Royal Rumble winner, Ronda Rousey, will not even get a main event at WrestleMania for winning the Royal Rumble. I, I get it. Her and Charlotte have already main events at WrestleMania, but you get my point. I hope this turns, I promise you, I hope this turns into a match. I hope the KO show goes from them talking to Austin saying, let's just fucking do this. Let's have a match. Ring the fucking bell. I hope. Otherwise, this will be the first time in WrestleMania history a talk show has ended the night. That's fucking bizarre to me. Anyways, this is a match of your candidate. The thing I was about to say is it has me looking forward to WrestleMania now. Because now I want to see can AJ Styles and Edge top this match? Match up to this match. Can Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair get to the level of this match? I promise you, being in that building, it wasn't a lot of people. It was far from a fucking sellout. Like, to me, when Tony Khan made a comment, I said this to somebody else at WrestleCon earlier today. When Tony, or no, Thursday. When Tony Khan made the comment of, well, they already sold tickets and we didn't want to disappoint anybody. Trust me, there wasn't that many tickets they sold, dude. <laughs> Trust me. It was it was not it was not like too much of a loss, I'm sure. The point is though it was far from a sellout too. He wanted this moment and they made a moment happen. Now I'm looking forward to WrestleMania. I'm looking forward to it being Monday and us being like did anything top the Briscoes and fucking FTR? I don't know. And I'm not going to say doubt it. I don't fucking know. I'm just looking forward to it now. But that's definitely a match of your candidate. That will be on my top matches list in the year no matter what. So, that is uh, that's it for this portion of the show. Like I said, as I record this WrestleMania part one hasn't even happened, but I I still I saw this crazy energy. I said I need to let this out. So you guys might hear a DJ scratch or something, and then we go into WrestleMania part one. But I appreciate y'all listening. Keep listening. Subscribe. Follow. Like. All that good stuff. Coming right back at you. My name is Selena Delorenta, and you're listening to I See Things a Little Differently. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to part one. Well, I guess technically <laughs> you've already been welcomed to part one. This is uh, just us adding on stuff. This is a review of WrestleMania Saturday night, night one. As I am still actually, as I said, I'm recording it from my hotel room. I actually watched from my hotel room. I made, even though I made my final decision by like Wednesday, I, just, I still was on the fence this morning. But I just, I'm so glad I did. And I was so exhausted from. Uh, WrestleCon and Supercar of Honor and everything else. This is like the first. This is the first WrestleMania weekend. I think I said this in in, in, the, in the in the Supercar review, which wasn't much of a review. It was more we talking about my experience at WrestleCon, which I will get to. I know some people were um, were asking who was I gonna, who who was I going to meet, and I didn't really know at the time. Um, but um, I, I know now it's all done in the books. So I'll get to that. I think I'll get to that in part two of the show. I talk about WrestleCon experience and talk about night two because uh, uh, night one was solid. Um, I didn't have problem. I, I, everything that I didn't have interest in, I just cool, <laughs> which was a lot, you know. At the same time, you know, it was, it was solid. You know, I'm not complaining too much. Um, but 
let's get to the review here. Let's stick to the review here, and we'll go to the, we'll, we'll we'll stick with the WrestleCon stuff in part two. Um, night one, it starts off with the Usos defending the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And by the way, as I'm still recording this, WrestleMania is still live on air. Like Byron Scott just got in the ring with Steve Austin. Last time, if you guys recall, Steve Austin kicked him in the nuts and stunned him. And this time is going to probably be the same thing, unfortunately. Maybe not the kick in the nuts, but it'll definitely be a stunner. Uh, Byron Scott's definitely the guy. And um, poor bastard, he just got stunned. Um, nice sell of that. A nice outfit, too. Nice with the red shoes as well. Um, but uh, Uso defeating the SmackDown Tag Team Championships against Nakamura and uh, Rick Boogs. And Uso's defeat them to remain the longest reigning SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Unfortunately, Rick Boogs did tear his quad. And in a legitimate injury, he will be having surgery very, very soon. Um, which is just awesome. And, um... And say it with all sarcasm, by the way. And so that's unfortunate for them. You could tell they they went home right after that. Um, but the, the 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 outcome was never in doubt. It was all always just about um, just seeing the match and getting these guys on the car. But it's, that sucks though to get hurt on, on his WrestleMania debut. It's just sorry to hear that, man. Quick and speedy recovery to Rick Boogs. Drew McIntyre defeated Happy Corbin. Uh, Drew is the first man to kick out of the end of days. Um, I thought that was unnecessary. Very few things I like about Baron Corbin. I actually liked his lone wolf gimmick a lot more than anything else. WrestleMania is now going off the air. Um, however, the one thing I always liked about um, and thought was special <clears throat> excuse me, about uh, Baron Corbin was his moveset. The end of days, the spinning little thing, whatever the movie does. <coughs> excuse me. Um, and I also like that no one had kicked out of it. So, uh, the fact that they, I felt that they don't need to do that with it, you know? So, that kind of sucked there. That's me nitpicking, obviously. The, the outcome was never in doubt. Drew McIntyre was going to win. Drew obviously has to be built up to get to the world championship match eventually. Uh, Logan Paul and The Miz defeats the Mysterios. I did not, I actually thought the Mysterios would win this, but afterwards, Miz turned on Paul. So, it feels like that's that that may be where a match down the road as well. Um, uh, Logan Paul are good, you know. Uh, the, the talent that they've been bringing in from Hollywood uh, clearly clearly are wrestling fans, and so like they're gonna put their 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 best efforts into it. Um, match was kind of what you expect, you know. This is not gonna be a long review. Like these these matches, I was not like once again these first three matches I'm announcing, I had no interest in them. I care less. You know, um, but it, they, they were fine. You know, they didn't overstay their welcome, I feel. They also weren't anything special. Like, I thought they weren't going to be anyway. So, that's pretty good right there. Bianca Belair defeats Becky Lynch in a really good match. It was a war. I enjoyed the match. Becky finally gets pinned to lose a women's championship after three years. Bianca had to be the one to do it. This was her, her arc coming to full... Um, Climax, and so, but this was a good match. This is what I expected, uh, um, and it was, it was great. Um, where they go next, I'm curious at that. Where do you still keep Becky Lynch in the title picture and have her now just continue to eat losses and then have to build herself back up, or do you get someone on Raw to then just kind of take over? I, I don't know. You know, I, I feel like they should be separated right now for a little bit. I just don't know. 
what exactly you do with Becky at this point. Like, she obviously won't go to the, 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 the top of, the, I mean, the bottom of the card. But I feel like, I'm trying to think of, like, someone to, she can work with that can take her mind off the women's championship. I just can't think of anyone right now. I Obviously, and we're actually going to do, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to actually watch Raw on Monday. And I'm going to do a show. So you get extra content. It will be considered a show uh, for the Raw after because I really want to see what they do there. Um, and we may do SmackDown. It depends on my schedule. I have a, a bunch of interviews coming up this week, so I, I have to figure that out, podcast like I do. Um, so we'll see about that. Cody makes his debut, his re-debut in the company as the American Nightmare, as the main eventer, as the face of AEW at one point in time. Meanwhile, <laughs> wave uh, of wave nine, or was it was is it wave nine of of uh, unmatches come out and Cody's in the suit. He so uh, products be damned, they still need to come out. Um, he got great reaction. He has the same presentation as AEW, same music. Um, he didn't change anything. They didn't change anything yet. Um, he got the reaction that was to be expected. I think even Seth Rollins even said, welcome back to the big leagues, bitch. Um, so I find it funny how he calls AEW classless. And, uh, dude, Seth Rollins sometimes, man. His mouth. Um, this was a good match. This was a really good match. Cody was scarred up. Took a buckle bomb on the outside. Same kind of buckle bomb that Finn Balor took that got him injured. Um, this was the showcase that it needed to be for both men. Um, this is Rollins' second straight WrestleMania loss as well. Last year, if you remember, he lost to Cesaro. Not saying he's being buried. I'm, I'm just saying it's just I love those fun facts. <laughs> you know that's why I brought, brought it up. Um, overall, I I don't think they could have done a better job of presenting him. Um, an interview did drop immediately after where um, that is the benefit of like watching this and being on your phone because usually I have this. So this WrestleMania has me so turned off to where I was in my phone, and um, I saw the I saw the interview that dropped, and he said he came back to you know talk to Bruce Pritchard and Tony Khan, not Tony Khan, uh, Shad Khan, and uh, Vince McMahon about being a world champion. I think Cody needs to be the first guy, whatever belt they're gonna put out, and I I have no proof of this. This is a guess. This is just a guess. I feel they are going to bring back that big gold belt, the big gold NWA WCW Heavyweight Championship. Cody needs, I don't know what they're going to call it, or it could be just, just be the world title, I guess. Cody should be the first one to hold it. Like, because Raw's going to be without a champion, because I, as I predicted, Reigns is going to win tomorrow night, uh, or ten, when you guys hear this tonight. Um, and so I believe Cody should be the one to win it. I don't know. From what I've read before, Vince does not like tournaments. But I would think that like WrestleMania back, backlash WrestleMania Revenge, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see me doing air quotes, um, would be based around that. I'm assuming. Um, so he should be the first one to hold that belt. Like he's gonna be on Raw because uh, he's facing a Raw wrestler. That's why I'm assuming that. I know it was reported that, but I'm assuming that at this point. Um, me personally, he needs to be the first one to hold that championship. You need to keep the momentum with this guy. Now you have it. Now you see that people do care about Cody. The fact that he's come over for to the dark side and he's no longer the enemy in WWE. And no, I say that I'm saying that in strictly WWE fans' minds. Um, you need to just push him to the moon. Period. Bottom line. So there you go. Plus, after this, 
have I would have to assume Reigns has been working a full time schedule. I would have to assume we're not gonna see Lesnar for a very long time after this. SummerSlam at least. So we'll go from there. Charlotte Flair retains her women's championship. This is exactly two reasons why this was not the main event. One, the outcome of this, and two, what happens in the main event. We'll get to that in one second. Uh, Charlotte Flair retains her women's championship. I actually did not like this match better than like the Survivor Series match. I felt the Survivor Series match was hard hitting. It feels like Ronda Rousey still is getting some ring rust off her. Uh, uh, it wasn't a bad match. Bank stretch imagination. I prefer Bianca and Becky uh, and uh, yeah Becky, but I feel like this match. I, I believe Rousey just is ring rust. And once that comes off, I believe she's gonna be back to doing what she was doing. This was not a bad match. It just was. Uh, it was just there, kind of, you know, kind of like uh, I don't know how to describe it outside of that. It was just, uh, you know, like just there. Um, but yeah, so uh, what happened was uh, Charlotte speared the ref, and Matt, by the way, that was a great looking spear that uh, the ref took. Perfect spear he took. Um, she turns around, Charlotte does, into an arm bar. She's tapping out. The referee's there. Rhonda's smiling. And she realizes there's no ref. So then all of a sudden she goes and she turns around to get the ref. She's like, hey, ref, she's tapping. She's tapping. She turns into a big boot and then a one, two, three. Um, and then Rhonda got. I, I feel like Rhonda's selling was not as good as it usually is. I feel like she sold, but not long enough. But once again, nitpicking. Um, but. Uh, uh, all of a sudden, you see like Flair leaving with the belt. Ronda saying, but "You tap, but you tap." So I, I, I believe, and I, I do believe these things are t- mutually exclusive. I believe they were going back and forth on who was going to win this match. If Ronda was going to win this match, and the other thing that doesn't happen happens, she, if Ronda wasn't is going to win this match, and the other thing that happens doesn't happen, this main events. So I truly believe that. Uh, but now let's get to it, Austin. And KO show. The KO, this is the first time a talk show has helmed WrestleMania night. But uh, I thought about this, and even if this didn't turn out to be what it was, Kevin Owens still is a WrestleMania main event. And say what you want to. And this is why I love having two world champions in WWE. Period. Bottom line. So just the visual of certain people that I'm a fan of. Holding a world heavyweight championship means something to me. I am sure it means something to them as well. But we do not get CM Punk as the WWE heavyweight champion in a one world champion. In a, excuse me, in a, in a world where there's one championship in WWE. We do not get Brian Danielson. We do not get Kofi Kingston. We do not get a lot of these people that are great moments in time. We just don't. And don't tell you WrestleMania 30, because guess what? He won the WWE Championship. SummerSlam of the year previous, there were still two world champions. By the way, when he won the world championship, there were two world champions. So, there's just the visual of these things happens. And for me, I've been to WrestleMania's when it's four hours. I've had uh, the privilege, (laughs) sarcasm, of being at eight-hour WrestleManias. I think I went to two WrestleManias that were like nine hours altogether, if you include the the pre-show. That's a long time to be sitting in those stadiums 
and then your night, if you're there, is not even over because then you still have a, probably an hour to an hour and a half before you leave. My very last WrestleMania, I think, was in Orlando where Nikki and Cena got engaged. Don't remember the number that was. But I remember, I didn't drive, but I remember I, I like had left the stadium and I walked. No, and I walked. No, I did drive there. And I remember I. That one I got out pretty fast. Like it was like 20 minutes. But another one I went to, I can't remember the, the city it was in. I think it was Louisiana. It took us like a. And by the way, if you ever been to Louisiana, it's my whole town. That's my hometown. Like it doesn't take the Superdome is. It's not that confusing, right? But once you get across the street where you parked, dude, you never know when you're gonna get the fuck out of there. It took like the cops and patrol to like, come out and like organize shit, which they were already out, but it took more to do that. Anyways, that's just that's too much. But having two night WrestleManias, we're gonna get not even with one night WrestleMania. We had women that main events. We had Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Ronda Rousey main event. You know, but with two nights now, you have Sasha Banks and, Sa- and Bianca Belair making history, being the first Black woman to headline WrestleMania. Then you have these women <clears throat> in the first one on one match for, with women to headline a WrestleMania. Now you have. AJ Styles, who've made the main event of the WrestleMania with The Undertaker. He has a main event WrestleMania under. That's the thing. You guys gotta remember how important that slot is. That's all CM Punk wanted. That's all Punk wanted was to be a part of the main event, not a co main event. Like, that's. I don't know why. I, whoever used that, started that term, needs to be punched in the throat. And as they're suffocating, you say, all right, I'll save you now, right? It's ridiculous. But that's all Punk wanted, you know? So it's just, it's, it, to me, it means something too. So I thought about that. I was like, man, that's still fucking cool. See, one of my favorites of all time, Owens, get a WrestleMania main event, even if it's just a talk show. Owens comes down, he's rambling. Austin cuts him off. Austin, you could tell, is just soaking it in, just soaking it in, right? And at this time, I had no clue what was going to happen. I was like, man, is this, this going to be a fucking brawl? Like, like this a talk show to end? Like I was like, we'll see. You know, I'm just waiting like everybody else. Austin comes down. He sits down. Owens cuts cuts his music off. Says no, no, no. You have a seat. He says I tricked you. I had you come down here to uh, challenge you to a match. And uh, Austin accepts. So it's officially Austin had a match. And it was and yeah, it was just a brawl. But he took some bumps. And yeah, we seen him take bumps before. But these were different kind of bumps. This dude, they were outside in the crowd on concrete. Austin took a suplex. And I was like, and I remember it's kind of crazy because when Austin went to a suplex him, I was like, this is going to get blocked. He's going to take a suplex on the fucking concrete. And you know what? He he clearly, he never took his shirt off. He, he had jean shorts on, his knee braces on. But he actually had a match. This is like, this honestly was what some of his matches were. Uh, he's obviously slower. He obviously, he obviously used different ring psychology and stuff like that. But this is what – this is honestly the kind of matches he was working, just brawls. The fact that Owens – and I, I thought about this. Even though I never liked that AJ lost to Taker, how cool was it for AJ Styles after so many years of not being wanted by WWE to then get brought in by, I'm assuming, Triple H? Because I, yeah, I doubt even fucking Vince McMahon knew who he was. Uh, but to get brought in – by Triple H, and then to win the WWE Championship his first year, to beat John Cena his first year, and to get main event. Like, Owens re-signed with the company 
you know, um, because Vince personally asked him. He's Kevin Owens has been pretty open about this. He said, yeah, Vince McMahon personally pulled me to the side, asked me to stay. And I'm sure that's not, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. I'm sure that's not how it goes all the time. You know, I'm pretty sure it's kind of like, hey, negotiate with him, John Laurinaitis, and, and, or him or her. And if they want to stay, cool. If not, then the hell with them. You know, but no, but we've seen this before. We've heard this before. Like when Owens was going to be the next person to have an exodus after, because uh, Roman Reigns recently had an interview. And he said, hey, that conversation that he had about him leaving for COVID, he said him, so him and Vince, he said it was a heated conversation, which I believe. But, you know, Reigns had to worry about his family and his health, which is, duh. You know, and this, this is a different time and era, man. Vince can't use the the whole, he could, he could try to manipulate people like he used to and be like, well, you know, it's no money on you when you're off the road. You can do that, but these these younger guys are like, nah, man. I, I know my business. I know my health. I know my family. That's that's important. You know, like even Ricky Steamboat, him losing the Intercontinental Championship. I know people have knocked him for like asking for time off after after he won won it. But that's a different time. Now people are like, hey, man, uh, you're gonna give me a belt back anyway. Who gives a fuck? You know, but um. Owens was one of the people that was going to leave again, and, and Vince pulled him to say, hey, please don't leave. How can I get you to stay? He said, can you make people wear a fucking mask? Mind you, this is in the height of COVID. This is in, like, March or, no, excuse me, like, like, like May or June of 2020, maybe even earlier than that. Owens was going to leave. You know, his, his I think his wife's father had passed away from COVID. He's like, this is some real shit. Like, I don't, I don't want to leave my kids behind, you know? And um, and that and yeah, but and because of uh, Owens, there was a a mass mandate in place and fines and shit like that. And um, like this is not the first time that Vince has pulled Owens to the side, you know. But he said Owen Owens said, hey, he personally pulled me to the side. Said I want you to stay. He said that's that's all I need to hear. Cool, you want me? Let's let's figure something out. They figured it out. He's probably making a million dollars a year, you know. I'm sure, more than that. Um, and then on top of that, what a nice signing bonus. You have, you have Steve Austin's last match. I'm, I'm sure Austin's not going to work another match. But, but he's like, you get, you, you get a main event WrestleMania, and you get Austin to return to have a match. Something that he wouldn't even do for CM Punk when he was 10 years younger. And that would have been a hell of a match. That He would have been faster. He, like, he just, but he just didn't have the confidence. And I, and, I, and I recognize that and I understand that. You know, so that's that's awesome. I'm happy for both guys. Austin obviously won. Um, but think about this. Wow. Because that wasn't even the main event of WrestleMania 19. That was Brock and fucking uh, Angle. When was Austin's last WrestleMania main event? WrestleMania 17. So 21 years in between WrestleMania main events. That has to be a record. That has to be a record. Like, look, uh, WWE stats and info. Look, I know there's not such thing, but look at that up. I, uh, that has to be a record in between main events. He, he His last WrestleMania main event, last match on was WrestleMania 17. WrestleMania 18 was against Scott Hall. WrestleMania 19 was against The Rock, but that was in the middle of the card. You know? Um, and, he, and he wins. And, that's a, and he wins in a completely different era with someone who, you know, grew up watching him. So... Um, overall, it was a solid night. I, I can't say anything was like grossly disrespectful or anything, <laughs> you know. Um, and I didn't think it would be. I just didn't have any interest in the matches. 
Um, and some was some were necessary, like even tomorrow night. No interest in the Knoxville match. No interest in the Almas match. No interest in the Women's Tag Team Championship match. I think the only match I actually have interest in is Brock versus Reigns. You know, and I want to see if they have the heart to, you know, have Reigns run this gauntlet just to have him hold up the belts just for the sight of The Rock to come out and make the challenge for next year at WrestleMania. Uh, I want to see if they have the balls to do it. That so- It sounds like they would, but I don't know. So... Um, yeah, and along with part two of WrestleMania, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about my entire experience at WrestleCon. I'll talk about the autographs I got, the people I met, the people I talked to, how everything goes, kind of goes. I know we, we kind of chatted about it before, um, but I'm going to give the lowdown and all that stuff. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed your, your, your weekend as well. Hope you guys are enjoying WrestleMania. Hope you guys are enjoying whatever you guys are into, whether it's MLW. This, this weekend is always wrestling overload. So I hope you guys are enjoying whatever you're into. So I am just a little chemical. That is it for episode, well, part one of this episode. Um, but check me out on Monday. It will be two episodes. One will be in the morning. We'll drop in the morning, the typical Monday show. And then I will do a show after the, the, the night after the Raw, the night after WrestleMania. I'm out.